welcome back. It is episode four of this podcast series. Episode four. I cannot believe four weeks have passed since I released the first episode. Time is literally flying by, which is something I never thought I would say during lockdown. But as the restrictions have been lifted, life for me seems to have just got busier than it was before, which is not only amazing, but it's also a little bit hard to get my head around. And a lot of projects that I had started during the lockdown phase that were keeping me busy have now gone on the back burner whilst I'm trying to get to speed and get to grips with the demand for the one-to-one personal training that I am allowed to do at a social distance outside. And I am overwhelmed with the amount of existing clients and new clients that are still calling on my services in what is essentially still a pandemic. Not only are they trusting me with regards to safety, but they're also still financially paying for my services at a time which is very unstable and uncertain for a lot of people and also they are still prioritizing their health and fitness at a time where it's quite acceptable to potentially put that on the back burner if you have other stresses in your life. Obviously to me health and fitness is something that is always a priority but I appreciate that for other people it takes a lot more for them to prioritise their health and fitness and I think there would be absolutely no judgments made if in the middle of a pandemic something that is so uncertain and so unknown if your health and fitness goals weren't a priority right now. So I guess I need to apologise because this podcast really should have been out at the weekend, but I I do feel like I am, well I know I am, running behind schedule. Um, I'm very, very much one of those people that only really likes to do something when my head is 100% in the game. Um, I write schedules, I write lists, but obviously sometimes I get pulled away from things. It has also been absolutely glorious weather and I am definitely... A slave driver when it comes to my own work commitments and I actually just took a couple of days relatively work-free. I don't think I've taken an entire day off ever but I basically reduced my hours down just to enjoy the sunshine which I actually think will mean that the delivery of this podcast is going to be a lot better than if I just rushed it out on Sunday because it was due. So I hope you can forgive me for that if you even noticed. I'm sure many of you weren't even aware that this podcast should have been out on Sunday. So the topic I wanted to discuss today is in fact social media, which, love it or hate it, it is the Marmite of society. You either have an account or you know someone that has an account and you can try and escape social media as much as you want. But unfortunately, or fortunately, dependent upon which way you look at it, it is very much a part of our day-to-day lives now. It's the way that businesses operate and potentially target certain audiences. It's the way that news goes viral. It's the way we communicate with friends and family. Some of them can be far away. Others can literally be sitting in the opposite room in our house. It's the way that we find time in our day to have a break mentally. It's another way that we actually find information. Whatever way you look at it, social media is huge. Its growth is 100% year on year. We now have videos. We have um, live streams. Obviously, there's posts. 
We've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and a new platform, which I think has saved many a dull lockdown day is TikTok. And all of these social media platforms are now becoming part of our day-to-day lives. And it's a real interesting topic, social media, because for every person that lives and swears by social media, there is somebody else that is having a hard time with social media. And I want to touch on how social media has impacted my life. There have been some incredibly positive moments for me with social media. And there have been some really dark moments with social media. And I don't really think that there is a better way to talk about it than from my own personal experience with it. So I'm going to talk about the types of social media that I use, how I got into social media, why I use social media, but also the bad side of social media. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate with both the negative and the positive sides of social media, even if you don't use it for a business perspective. Now, I could sit here and bore you to death about algorithms, about the way Facebook integrates with its audience about the way that Instagram targets its audience and about how TikTok works. But to be honest with you, I think it really would, unless you were listening to this from a business perspective, bore you to tears. So I'm going to take it back to basics as to the reasons why I use social media for me and how it's impacted me in whichever way, positive or negative, over the years. And also how I've kind of managed to step away from social media, which you guys are probably thinking, Lindsay, what a load of shite. You're on social media all the time. But if I told you that my social media screen time in a week, in a week, was less than one hour and a half, would you believe me? And that is the God honest truth. My screen time goes on WhatsApp. Me and WhatsApp, they're constant. I use WhatsApp as a way to communicate with clients and literally the only way I communicate with friends. I only go on social media to post and I get off. And that has taken me a good sort of eight months to try and get to that point. I follow, yes, okay, on my actual following list, I think there's around a thousand people on Instagram, for example, but I physically follow and go to their page, three people at the moment. I follow Jay Alderton, because he is my mentor, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I follow Paul Mort, and I follow Phil Graham. Those are the only three people where I will look on their Instagram every single morning to see what they've posted and listen to it. Anything else will be a quick flick through for five minutes maximum on a day-to-day basis. And I'll tell you why, because it adds absolutely no value to me at this stage in my life. I've got to a point where I find social media really freaking annoying. But Social media makes me a lot of money and I'm not going to sit here and pretend it doesn't. I get a very large percentage of my sales, both one-to-one and over the internet, so online or digital products, mostly via Instagram, but also via Facebook as well. Those platforms have made me the personal trainer that I am today 
and they have saved me absolutely thousands in marketing costs. So I categorically cannot close my social media accounts. But please do not mistake the fact that I use social media for work as someone that actually sits on social media because I really, really don't. And I get a lot of clients that will go, did you see my post on this? And did you see my post on that? And actually, no, I did. The algorithm on Instagram has changed so that the most recent things don't actually pop up onto your feed. So you tend to have to go hunting to look at particular information, which I just don't have the time to do. And I cannot be bothered with Facebook from a personal perspective. I find people are too busy chipping in arguments with Barbara from down the road about what Boris Johnson has said about X, Y, and Z. I didn't even know anything that was going on with Dominic Commons until someone mentioned it in a PT session. And that is purely because I do not listen to the news. I don't listen to the radio. I don't watch any type of TV at all. And I also don't watch or look at anything on Facebook. I rely on face-to-face news. I get the odd thing flash up on my phone from BBC News. So, you know, if the world was coming to an end, I probably would know about it. Probably would be last to know about it, but I would at least know about it. But ordinarily, anything I want to look at, I, I go online and I research myself. I do not want to know what Barbara down the road has got to say about the news that has just been delivered from Boris. It just categorically not for me. And the best thing I ever did was stepping away from that side of social media because it is very, very easy to get dragged into other people's shit and drama through social media. And I see this a lot on Facebook. And there is a lot of procrastination and a lot of time wasted and a lot of energy wasted on other people's shit on social media. And I'm sure during this lockdown phase, one or two of you listening to this podcast know for a fact you have spent far too long arguing somebody else's personal opinion on their Facebook or social media platform based on some information regarding this lockdown. There was a lot of heightened emotions during this lockdown and there were a lot of rants going on Facebook, be it from a financial, be it from a um, government rules, be it from work, be it from kids being homeschooled. And I feel that social media now allows people to be publicly opinionated in ways that maybe they wouldn't have been in the past And then it allows for people that wouldn't have known that public opinion to then chip their oar in. And actually, I don't think it adds any value to anybody. Well, I know for a fact it doesn't add any value to anybody. If anything, most of the time you end up going to bed really wound up because you spent one or two hours arguing with someone, sometimes you don't even know them, about something that doesn't even really matter. And I'm sure, and I've been guilty of it in the past, I'm absolutely sure... One or two of you listening to this right now can hand on heart say, yeah, I got involved in something on social media during lockdown that actually really ruined my day and there was just no need to do it. And that's absolutely fine if you've done it and you recognise that behaviour. But if you don't recognise that behaviour and you don't realise the negative impact that is giving to your life on a day-to-day basis, maybe you should stop using social media for a week and see if you feel any better for it because if you find that social media is stressing you out or making you rant or making you 
have arguments with people, knowing them or not knowing them, then really that is not what social media is for. Facebook originally was made for you to connect with people that you either might not have been able to connect to in person or to be able to keep in contact with other people over across the world and in different time zones. It wasn't there for you to rant about politics and government guidelines and whether you should or shouldn't be going to the shop or whether you should or shouldn't be wearing a face mask. That is not what Facebook was originally about. So I think when Facebook started to get so negative and I do feel that it can be a really negative vibe on Facebook I took myself very quickly over to Instagram now some of you on here may never have used Instagram Instagram has changed over the years I think it used to be a much better platform than what it is now it's quite a saturated platform now but also the algorithm has changed so you don't see posts as recent as you should do it's harder for you to discover things that you might have in common with your friends or peers on Instagram. It's it's just not for me the same platform that it was maybe three or four years ago um, from both a user's perspective and also a business user's perspective. I find it a very hard platform to use now, but I do have a very large audience and following on there. I absolutely love Instagram stories. Um, I found that that has made a massive difference with my relationship with my clients and potential clients in a way that I can portray very, very quickly things that are going on in my life that make me relatable to my audience. On the flip side of that, Instagram Live is a complete pain in the ass, whereas Facebook Live is brilliant. So that ordinarily splits me across two platforms. And I absolutely love the fact that you can just put photos on Instagram, jazz them up and post your content that's relevant. The only thing that I found happened with the rise in popularity of Instagram, and it has translated over to Facebook on in some way or another, is the way that we... And I say we as a royal we, but it's the way that we do now try and portray on the whole this perfect lifestyle. And that unfortunately has been the biggest downfall of Instagram as we know it. It's something that I can hand on heart say I've never ever tried to do. But I did feel at one stage or another there were certain posts that I couldn't post because they were so raw that I felt Instagram wasn't for that. I wasn't perfect enough for Instagram. So you won't get a fake photo from me. I'll tell you this for free. I don't edit anything that goes on my Facebook or my Instagram for two reasons. One, I can't be bothered. And for two reasons, I don't know how. I have only just learned that a ring light makes me look slightly better on a video. And don't get me wrong, these things have been around for ages. I've been very aware of them. But if I'm being quite honest, if I like a photo enough to post it on, I don't really care if the lighting's not spot on. I don't really care if you can see my spots. I don't really care if I look a little bit tired. If I like the photo, it's going on. I won't be whitening my teeth anymore. I won't be making my waist any slimmer and I won't be making my bum any bigger. What photos you get from me is what you get. 
And I love that about the people I follow. What pisses me off is the amount of apps that are now available for people to literally edit what was the original raw content just to make it better for social media. Now, I'm not talking about the professional photographers that obviously they know so much about lighting and they make a photo pop, for example, like a sunset or some kind of scenery. What I'm talking about is when a 15-year-old girl won't post a photo because her teeth don't look white enough, so she is using an app to whiten her teeth, or when a girl feels uncomfortable posting a picture in her bikini that she has to go to an app to make her waist smaller. Like, what the actual hell is that about? And when did we allow that to become the norm? I am absolutely gobsmacked at how many photos are edited on social media. It blows my mind. Now, I'm, I am quite a naive person, actually. Um, most people realise this when they speak to me in person. I just cannot believe the extent in which some people go to to portray a perfect lifestyle. Now, anybody that is out with me on a night out or whatever, if we're taking a, f- a photo for social media, it will be like, quick, take that. I'll have a quick look at it. If it looks shit, it looks shit. It doesn't go up. Or we try again or we just forget about it. Or I post the shit photo because half the time it's funny. I cannot believe when I have been out. I remember sitting in a cafe in Bali once and I watched this poor husband taking this photo of this girl with her food. And it was stunning food. It was like, um, it, it would have been some sort of sushi bowl. So it was very Instagrammable food, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't think he got to eat for like 20 minutes because he couldn't get the photo right. I literally felt like going over and on offering him a helping hand because he was taking this photo of this girl that he was with, who I can only presume was his wife or girlfriend, eating this food. But she wasn't eating it, she was just posing with it. And I literally, and I bear in mind that I am someone that does photograph a lot of things. I was like, for goodness sake, eat your food. If the photo doesn't come out right in one or two snaps, I get too embarrassed and I sack it off. I'm not going to be that person that has to get the perfect photo, that has to get the perfect angle. Because to be quite frank, I like to be in the moment. Now, that sounds ironic for someone that puts so many of their moments on social media, But if you're ever fortunate enough to be with me in person, you will realise that I am snap, bang, done, phone away. I cannot be arsed with all the other effort that goes in in with these social media pages. And that could be to my downfall, but I also think it makes me very relatable and very honest. What you see is what you get with me. Um, I might put a dog filter on every now and again, especially if I'm having a bad day, man. But realistically, you're not going to get a scrubbed up photo of me with everything edited. I don't catfish. um, And it isn't from a vanity point of view. I just can't be bothered. And um, it makes me sad to think that there are a lot of people on there that feel they have to portray the perfect life at the perfect time, the perfect moment, in order for something to be acceptable to put on social media. And it's a very, very 
scary concept because there are then the people that follow these people on social media and they could be people they know or they could be very famous people and suddenly their life doesn't seem up to scratch and suddenly they are not up to par and this is where social media can be people's absolute downfall and it can lead you spiraling into a world of absolute negativity, um, self-hatred, you can feel like your life is never good enough and you actually lose all sense of reality and it is something Thing that I have had to work very, very hard on realising, do you know what, half of this stuff on social media is bollocks. And I know that from a fitness professional perspective, because I've met a lot of these very famous people that people aspire to be, I've met in real life, be it through competitions or just through the, the social circles that I've been in. And I know it's bollocks because I see them in real life and I'm like, oh, you you don't actually look like that. Or I've spoken to them or I've seen the way that they take a thousand shots and they only put one photo once. I know, I know how these things work. I'm smart enough, wise enough and savvy enough to realise that some people are true to their word on social media and there's a large proportion of people that aren't. But there are also these people out there that use social media intermittently you might be one of those people that just follow people because you think they're trustworthy you don't actually stop and think about the implications on what they put on and all the effort that's gone to those photos and before you know it you're comparing yourself against these people you might be comparing yourself against a person that's using a seven or eight hundred pound camera. They have two photo boxes and three ring lights in their lounge to create a photo that you've done with your iPhone 10. You know, the, these are the sort of things that happen on social media. These photos that you see most of the time are either edited or the equipment that has been used to take them is professional and it doesn't matter how good a quality an iPhone or an I'm going to swear an Android is your phone is never going to produce the same quality it can produce a very good quality photo but it's never going to produce the same quality photo as someone that has literally got all the gear and that's fine because most people use social media just as a platform to communicate with their friends and family if someone you are following is using it for a professional perspective, expect their photographs to be more professional. But don't compare yours to theirs. Don't compare your life to their life. Comparison is the thief of joy. And it does seem now that social media has propelled us into a society where we are competing, possibly not even knowingly, against our peers and our colleagues who has the better lifestyle which is madness because once again social media shouldn't have been about that social media should add value to your life it should be informative it should be fun and this is one of the reasons why I have absolutely taken to TikTok like a duck takes to water now when I first started using TikTok people did take the piss out of me. I'm 33 years old and using a platform which actually teenagers were using. But what I love about it is it's just fun. It's people 
acting silly, doing silly dances, doing silly voiceovers. Yes, there are some incredibly talented people on there showcasing off their work. There are also some incredible video edits on there. There's some really good skills that have put to the test on there. And there is some bloody good informative information coming across in 15 to 16 second clips on the platform TikTok. Now, TikTok was already going to be propelled in 2020, but I think it just came about at the right time as lockdown came about. It was a new platform. It was fun. Most people that downloaded it have spent a good proportion of their lockdown time either absorbing content or creating content for TikTok. And I think if anything, it just brought the fun back into social media. So like I said earlier, Instagram is very saturated. It depends on what topics you follow as to what industry, I guess, your page is saturated with or your account is saturated with. For me, I follow mostly fitness professionals. So I see more home workouts than than you can literally shake a stick at. If you follow food posts, you're going to see a lot of cake. You know, you (laughs) That is that is the downfall with Instagram, unless you follow a real diverse amount of categories on Instagram, you are going to see repetitive information. Then you've got Facebook, which are traditionally your peers and colleagues. Traditionally, you know the people normally to speak to in person that are following you on your Facebook. The good thing about TikTok, or one of the reasons, again, why I've been magnetized to it, is that you are literally following all sorts of people from all over the world that have completely different interests in you, but you just find their stuff hilarious, or it lifts your mood, or you find it intriguing. Like, I just, it's just so innocent. I find it fantastic and refreshing. And you can take the piss out of me all you like. And I know that there are plenty of people that just don't get TikTok and that's fine. But I get it. It makes me feel less serious and less stressed. And I, it just allows me to bring out a side of me that people that know me in person know I'm quite silly. And I quite like it because I can be silly and then I can post it to Instagram. And then people on Instagram are like, oh, she's silly. That's quite fun. I just feel like it's a bit of me. And this is where social media is like Marmite. It isn't a bit of someone else. Some people will look at it and just go, oh my God, what a waste of time. And this is where I go back to social media needing to add value to your life. I get a laugh from TikTok. I find some very, very funny content on TikTok where I really do laugh out loud During lockdown, whilst being on my own in the middle of pretty much nowhere, laugh out loud moments, unless I was laughing at myself, could be quite rare. TikTok salvaged that. TikTok actually really did brighten up some quite dark days for me. Sounds a bit dramatic, it really isn't meant to, but there have been some hilarious videos which I've then gone and shared with friends They've then found it funny. They've shared it with friends. And so before you know it, you've actually really brightened someone else's day just by a TikTok video. And this goes to show just how powerful social media really is. And that really is the whole point of social media. It should either be adding some sort of 
humour or laughs to your life or it should be adding some information to your life that is valuable. It really should only be a positive resource. The time it turns into something negative is the time that you need to have a look and evaluate the way you're using social media and the people that you're following on social media, especially on the platforms where you typically tend to follow accounts from people that you don't know. Do you need to remove yourself from following accounts that make you feel bad or that make you feel that you are not enough? Do you need to look at Facebook and look at your friends list and think, do you know what, actually, Joan, all you do is whinge. And as much as I like hanging out with you in person, I find your Facebook actually a very negative thing to look at and see pop up. You don't have to unfriend them or defriend, probably the best phrase ever came out by Facebook several years ago. You can just unfollow them so that it doesn't come to the forefront of your screen when you log on to Facebook. And just these little baby steps can make huge differences in the way that you treat and talk to yourself on a day-to-day basis. If you're constantly looking at things that make you feel imperfect or make you feel not enough, you will look at yourself and your life and constantly think in that way. I'm very careful to only follow people on Instagram especially that add value traditionally to me from a business perspective as I don't really use it for anything else. So I follow people that I aspire to be like either from a physique point of view, a training point of view or for the people that have businesses that I want my business to grow into. So I'm absorbing information that is going to add value to me either on a personal level or on a business level. As soon as I start following something that actually doesn't give me any positivity, doesn't make me laugh, doesn't make me feel grateful, doesn't make me smile, doesn't give me information, that account just basically becomes null and void time and almost just a waste of time to follow. It's a waste of information. And it sounds very cutthroat, but actually if you can be cutthroat with your social media, you'll find that the time you spend procrastinating on will actually reduce and it should become a beneficial tool to your life instead of something that actually could be the reason why you're not achieving certain things in your life, either because you're wasting time on it or because it's filling you with self-doubt that you're not able to do these particular things just because somebody else on social media is doing it better than you. I definitely think that social media kills as much opportunity as it also creates as much opportunity. There are always going to be somebody else or many other people doing things that you potentially want to do that are very good at it and very successful and you can either use their influence to aspire to or you can use their success to kill your dream of ever getting started. So it really does depend on your mindset when you are viewing these pages. Are you using them for inspiration or are you using them to fuel your self-doubt? There's been a lot of things that social media has taught me about myself And it's actually made me overcome a lot of things over the years as well. I speak a lot on Instagram stories and Instagram lives now to the point where it literally becomes normal. Talking to my phone screen becomes normal. 
there was a time when I didn't podcast and I was very nervous about podcasting and I stopped and thought, for goodness sake, girl, you talk on the phone in front of an audience all the time and you don't edit that information. You should be able to talk to a microphone in your own living room and be able to edit it and be absolutely fine. It's not comfortable speaking on Instagram, be it live or be it on your story, but it definitely just becomes something that you are more used to the more that you do it. So for me, where I've now been speaking on Instagram stories daily for several years, it almost becomes more normal than not. And if I don't post on a story, I sometimes feel that I haven't had enough social media interaction with my audience for the day, which is a strange pressure, but it is a pressure I put on myself to make sure that I deliver enough content for my audience, A, to keep momentum, but also because I feel that that's where I've set myself and my business now. So in a way, I've created almost a rod for my own back where stepping away from social media can be very difficult. I sometimes feel that there are days that go past where I'm either very busy with work or I'm actually just trying to be busy in the moment with whoever I'm hanging out with and I suddenly stop and think oh my gosh I've not served my audience today because my social media is a business page as much as it is a raw content page I try and include a good mixture of content from uh, fitness related posts to posts about my own lifestyle to then funny posts And I try and keep myself as relatable as possible on there. So I do like to be honest on there. And I did find on a few occasions last year and early on in this year when I was going through probably the toughest 12 months of my life, trying to keep my social media presence at a time where I'm trying to just keep my head above water mentally at home incredibly hard to do especially when I'm trying to be honest and raw with my clients but when I'm struggling to be honest with myself about things that are going on I cannot portray that with my audience I have to be ready to tell my audience information I'm always very honest but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm telling them as it happens and when I was going through a very bad patch at home. I was in tears. I distinctly remember being in tears and literally having to wipe my eyes and walk out the door to go to work and then put on this complete false face on my Instagram stories to make out that everything was absolutely fine and I'm having the best day of my life. And that felt awful really because that isn't me at all. I'm not someone that wants to lie about what's happening, but I wasn't mentally prepared to talk about what was going on. And I did talk about what was going on. um, It must have been around March now. And that took a lot for me to discuss what was an incredibly tough time in my life that massively impacted the way I was thinking my business might be failing or I might be failing my audience. And then I actually had so many lovely messages when people were just turning around going, we had no idea anything was going on in the background. Like you would never be able to tell. And that actually made me feel even more fraudulent because I'd almost 
put on this facade to an audience that I pride myself on being so honest and truthful with. And these are all pressures that social media puts on people incidentally obviously it's, it's all pressures that we I guess I've put upon myself but it's through through building such a big audience on social media in the way in which I've built it I now feel that anything but bringing my 100% self isn't serving the purpose of my Instagram page that is it's madness isn't it you know like back 10, 15 years ago, if you were dealing with something at home that was very personal, you would deal with it at home. You would maybe confide in in your friends or your family and that would be it. Nobody else needed to know your business. And obviously that still is very much the case. But one reason why I work with the clientele that I work with is because they, in some way or another, have a connection with me. I also feel that I've built myself up on social media to be an influence in somebody's life, not necessarily many people's lives, but in somebody's lives. And I do feel that if I'm not honest in my social media posting or in my stories, that I am not, A, being true to my morals and my values, but also I'm doing someone else an injustice that is looking up to me, that potentially learns from me. And if I don't share my moments of weakness, then I'm not really sharing me. I'm just sharing the good bits, which is just as much of an edit as these photos I was talking about being edited before. But this is very very difficult at times for someone that isn't heavily involved in social media to get their head around that I will speak about things on social media that are a bit taboo that possibly someone else wouldn't have bothered telling anyone else so last year I posted photos of my skin I probably will do a separate podcast on skin but of my skin where I can't even tell you how low that made me feel. And to post that photo took quite a lot of guts. And then I've put it recently again next to my skin. Now it's a lot clearer. And I know full well that that will help at least one person that is going through a shit time with their skin condition. Because I was searching for people at that time that I needed it to look for inspiration, to look for how other people had dealt with their skin condition, to look at people that had got past their skin problem. Obviously, in recent months, I have spoken out about domestic abuse within a relationship from a verbal point of view. And I'm a very strong character and I am someone that was quite shocked that I got myself involved in that situation and I believe that my audience was probably quite shocked that I even was in that situation. But I'd like to hope that it allows someone that feels that they're also a strong, independent woman who is suddenly involved in a situation that they could never see happening to them, they didn't really feel was part of their character, and actually thinks, you know what, it's okay, this happens to strong people too, and it's okay not to be strong all the time. And that's 
very, very hard. I can't explain the pressure that social media put on me at that time, but my God, am I glad that it did because in speaking out, I actually found a whole circle of people that then spoke out as a result and those people helped me overcome a low part in my life. And these were people that were effectively strangers that had connected with me via social media. So social media can be more powerful than you will ever believe if you use it in the right way. When you actually stop and look at the power of social media, it isn't as trivial as we first imagined social media to be. I know there are many people that will laugh when I tell them I make a living from using social media as my main business platform. But I can hands on heart say that without the social media audience that I had during the lockdown period, I would have found marketing my business and taking it forward during that very, very uncertain time, almost impossible. So for me, it's been my anchor in some very rocky waters. There is definitely a way where you can use social media more consciously, even as a consumer. I'd implore you to be ruthless with who you follow. These people are consuming your time and thoughts after all. Align your social media engagement with people who have the same values, interests and passions as you. It is okay to refuse to follow, like or engage with anyone or anything that doesn't align with your values. And it's okay to keep this number that you are following just limited. I guess you could call it noise control. Seek out what inspires you and what interests you and challenges you, but also remember to follow things that make you laugh. But ultimately, remember to be present in the moment. Yes, social media is a massive part of our lives now, and it will be in the future, but it doesn't have to be all our life is about. Not every moment needs to be online and not every photo you post needs to be perfect. You don't always have to be having the best time. Just be honest, be authentic, and be true to yourself. I'm going to wrap it up there for today. And I thank you so much for sticking with me through this slightly longer than usual episode in this podcast series. Until episode five, have a good week.